Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God section where we get to dig into our Bible study, find out what the Bible has to say. This part of the year, we're going to be talking about education, which I'm super excited about. So thankful that I'm sitting opposite a school teacher. <laughs> not quite, not quite. Nearly. <laughs> a nearly school teacher. How nearly? Um, we're not that nearly. Nearly in. in 12 months? In there. In. Uh, in how long it's been for me to get here, we're nearly. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, considering that particular question, we are right there. Um, okay, so we've got a bunch of text messages uh, that we've got to get through. Let's see here, this one uh, in re- relationship to the more serious news. Uh, surely only the mind of Satan has come up with that. This is spiritual warfare. Mm. The people who come up with these laws will answer to God. It's true. And, you know, some of these things are evidence that there is such a thing as pure evil in our world mm, mm. that deceives human beings. Um, I think that a lot of people you know, enter into these kind of things with the absolute best intentions. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and the best and their heart being in absolutely the best place. But the consequences are just astronomically awful. Yeah. Uh, from every perspective. Anyway, um, so that was from the more serious news. We've got another one here. Ooh. Okay, um, and this is also talking about this story we had on abortion. Uh, this person says, and Jesus says, let the children come to me and do not hinder them. That's uh, a very valid passage right there. I would link with that with the passage where the Bible says that John the Baptist would be filled with the Holy Spirit from conception. Hmm. Before birth, yeah. Yeah. Um, somebody else texting in here, another one. Paul O'Rourke wrote a book 10 years ago, Why Satan Hates Our Kids. Oh, wow. An eye-opener. Almost needs a rewrite today. What a title. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm interested in this book all of a sudden. Why Satan Hates... Yeah, fascinating. I have to to look that one up and uh, add that one to the list, Why Satan Hates Our Kids by, let me see where it was here, uh, Paul O'Rourke. I love adding to my book list, I must say. Okay, so, um, and then this one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This one will do your head in. It's doing my head in. Okay, okay. We are going to address it, but it's going to go on our backlog. But I'm going to just throw it out there because I think that you might have some thoughts that you would like to contribute Mm. to this particular question. So this is one that we're going to do for question of the day. We've got a bit of a backlog at the moment, so it'll be sometime next week because we've got – well, actually, quick reminder, we have the next two days off. Yes. The next two days you are getting a special treat with Robbie Bergen's new show and we're going to give that one a uh, a spin just so that you can uh, hear all about it. Uh, So that's happening over the next two days. Robbie Bergen's new show uh, is absolutely amazing. And uh, we have no electricity here at the Newcastle studio. So they have electricity in the Queensland studio, which Victoria is very happy about because Mm -hmm. they kind of run the show. Um, South South Australia has their studio as well, so it comes in from all over the place. But... uh, uh, in, a, in a week or so's time, we might even have the Michigan studio in operation. We'll, we'll see about that <laughs> with uh, Aussie Angela. Um, but uh, um, so that's what's happening over the next two days. So we're not going to do question of the day for the next two days. Yeah. Okay. Here what it is. Day? Here it is. This is what came in. I want you to wrap your head around this one. You said on the show that today Christians wouldn't lie to protect themselves from persecution. I wonder if you can explain. Why does the commandment 
for stealing and killing, saying, Thou shalt not. So I'm wondering whether you, listener, can explain. We want to hear from you. <laughs> thou shalt not. So the, the commandment for stealing and killing says, Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. Yeah, nothing else, just, just don't do it. But the commandment for lying says, Thou shalt not lie to your neighbour. Mm-hmm. Why does it add to your neighbour? Why did two men go in secret as spies, a deceitful occupation, and get protected by Rahab who lied about where they were and got praised by God for the act? Joshua 2 and Hebrews 11. Also, please explain 1 Kings 22, 20 to 23. This is such a great question. It's such a great question. Somebody's put some serious work into Uh this one. uh They 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 have done some research on this. Yeah, but it does make it hard to answer. Oh, this is a curly one. This is definitely one of the curliest ones. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Absolutely. Um, as I prepare my thoughts on answering this one. Um, we've had some interesting off-air discussion on that one. Um, so, yeah, messages coming through left, right and centre here. People uh, people having a look at seeing whether they can get the prize. Um, somebody saying, well, don't lie to protect yourselves. So this is a message that's coming through. You don't lie to protect yourself. But you do lie to protect others. So this is saying the motivation changes whether it's okay or not. Yeah, I reckon I could probably come up with a... What about when lying to protect yourself is lying to protect someone else? Oh, hey. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This is just a niggly one, this. This is a niggly one. And another question is what happens once you open the door? Yeah. You know, is this a door that you want to open? Yeah. Where do you draw that line? Mm-hmm. In a world of sin and corruption and danger. Mm. And then this goes into actually, I have a few friends, you know, the old, oh, but it's a white lie, so it's okay. So Uh to what degree, you know, like as in I have a friend who used to be like, yeah, it's the truth. It's just not the whole truth. So it's like if you intentionally do something in such a way that you know you're deceiving them, is it really a lie? It's not outright. Oh, there's there's just... I'm going down rabbit holes in my head here. I'm just going to leave you. Oh, this one's a great. This one's a. This one's a. Uh, this one's such a such a great question for all the overthinkers here in the studio. Is it crazy? <laughs> you're going to no, go, no, no, go down like. You're going to go down like twenty different <laughs> rabbit holes before you're done with this one. Absolutely. Uh, so that's pretty epic. Okay, so we do want to hear from you. We want to hear your thoughts on that one. Um, we do have some other great questions today that we're going to get to before we get to that. Mm. Um, we have an amazing Bible study to get into. I think I think we're up to date on our messages. Um, <clears throat> yeah, okay, all right, so oh, no, we have another message here. Um, uh, when you refer to children, we shouldn't refer to them as kids. God separates the sheep from the goats. Kids are baby goats. We should be calling them lambs of God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I should like that. <laughs> yeah. But I had kids when I was young, baby goats, and they were so sweet. And stubborn, but they were sweet. So maybe it depends on on the. But extremely child. intelligent and stubborn and independent. <laughs> Whereas I had a pet lamb that was super dependent mm. and very surrendered, it was very and, and very much a following creature. I was going to say toddlers. From what I've seen, they're quite a mix of both those things. Both actually, sheep- <laughs> 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 I've seen some. Maybe in some cases stubborn. we are talking about kids. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe some people we know actually have kids, and some of us have lambs. I think that uh, I think I may have had kids. <laughs> I was definitely yeah. You were definitely no, a kid. Mm, you, oh, were, you were a kid. I was yep. 
I've since apologized to my parents. Like, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah, oh really? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, most people don't apologize to their parents. Oh, I had to. Until. <laughs> They have children of their own. Yeah, but see, I don't plan to get that far, so it needs to happen now. <laughs> I have just no, most people. Most people don't have that that self awareness to do so until suddenly they have children of their own, and they go, "Oh no, Actually- <laughs> oh, what did I do to my parents?" Yeah, yeah. But that is a good point, though. I do like what Bruce is saying there. Uh, no, he's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. Yes, we don't want to um, cast aspersion on the young, and, and the Bible talks about the children as being lambs. Yeah, feed yeah. my lambs. That was that was what that yeah, was Peter's call. We talked about the other the other day. It was just, he was called to children's ministry. Mm. Uh, you often don't hear that spoken about as a calling in the Bible, but it's a very very legitimate calling that Peter did have, even though we don't have a lot of record of it. Mm. When you come back in a moment, talk about Second uh, Peter chapter one verse three to eleven. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, 20 million movement Bible study. Here it goes. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Let's start reading verse right right there and we will uh, yeah, see how we go. Okay, we're done. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Let's stop there. Let's stop there. There's actually a lot in that. Oh, there is so much, so much in these verses right here. Uh, Let's see here. Let's, let's, Let's begin here. The Bible says, according as his what kind of power? Divine. What kind of power is that? Some very supernatural, not human power. At yeah, all. that's right. That's like the ultimate power. Absolutely. Okay, so according as his divine power mm. has given to us what? Everything we need. Okay, so just just stop there and, and, and focus on the word everything. Yep. Is there anything lacking when you add in the word everything? <laughs> no. No, there is nothing lacking in God's power that he makes available to us. Mm. God is not weak. And he doesn't withhold his power and say, yeah, you know what? We've got some weak, struggling human beings down there. I'm going to give them a 50% power injection to help them through this particular circumstance so that they can get 50% victory over it. Yeah, 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 hey. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not what the Bible says. That's not, what God did. that's not God's attitude. God's like, I'll give you everything you need. Yep. 100%. Yep. Everything you need for what? What does it say next? Living a godly life. Okay. My translation says life and godliness. Oh, okay. Yep. So it kind of separates the two. Yeah, interesting. So you've got two different issues right here. And, of course, they are very, very specifically related. So everything you need for life and God. When the Bible says that God's divine power gives you everything you need for life, what's it talking about? Life? What do you mean? Yeah. What, are you, what are you, Specifically? Okay, specifically, yes, specifically. <laughs> Minnie has no idea what well, I'm asking. Sometimes I feel like like you know where you're going with something. I know, I know exactly I'm where like, I'm going. I don't really know. You can go anywhere you want with this one. It will be a correct answer. Well, I still think like God's whole purpose. Is, well, Jesus talks about you know I want I came to give you life and life abundantly. Yes, I think that's um yeah that's a life that there's a lot of freedom from things we talked about like dependencies and different things. I think it's just a wholesome life, like just even life now, like even not just eternal life. Okay. Not just eternal life. So yeah. eternal life is part of the equation. Yeah, yeah, but it's not just that. It's, it's also not just that. So what now. else is part of the equation? 
our spiritual life right, right, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So that's part of the equation. Yep. And here's another one that's part of the equation, our physical life. Absolutely. Because it's all a bit irrelevant without that. No, that's what I mean. It's like our whole... The whole thing. ...bit, like of... Yeah. Whole package. Okay, so this is where I was heading because you were wondering. Yeah, I was just like, I know you guys. Because most people go uh, when I ask this question, because sometimes I'll ask this question with an audience, mm-hmm. and you'll get a variety of answers. And some mm-hmm. people say the promise of eternal life. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are right. Some people say, you know, spiritual life. You're spiritually connected with God, and you're alive with God. Yes, you are right. Others people say we live and breathe. Mm-hmm. Yes, you are right. It's all the things. And those three combined together give you life and life more abundantly. Yeah, spiritual life, physical life. Eternal life. Absolutely, yeah. Um, all right, so how do we get that? How do we get that divine power? Well, according what does to it say? mine, it yes. says, by coming to know him. By coming to know him. I like your translation mm, there. What does yours say? This is one of those rare occasions. <gasps> Where you like mine better. Is this the first time? Um, I don't know. Pro- oh, 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 Liam says no. Okay, so there has been one other time. <laughs> Just the one. <laughs> Oh, but Liam's very specific. Only ever once. Only ever once. Okay, by getting to know him. Mine says, by a knowledge of him. Oh, no, I like mine better. Because mine, if you lived in 1611, would say exactly the same things that yours is saying now. But in 2010, mine is saying you can have an intellectual knowledge alone and receive divine power. Not the case. That's Gnosticism. Mm. That's not the case. Mm. Um, It's a living, real... Connection relationship with God. Mm. Yeah, fully. Uh, that the Bible is talking about. It's not knowing about God, it is knowing God. All right, now my translation goes back to being more superior again. <laughs> Just saying. Go on then. All right. Just to highlight it, I think you should read verse four. Verse four. Okay, so mine says, and because of his glory and excellence, yes. he has given us great and precious promises. Okay, stop there. What kind of promises has he given us? Great and precious. All right, a couple of things. My translation starts with whereby. Okay. Which is a connecting word. Yeah. Which connects to the previous thought. Yep. The previous thought is by knowing Jesus. Mm, so through knowing Jesus, we receive. Yep, we receive we receive uh, divine power through knowing God. Mm. Whereby, in other words, by knowing God, we receive, watch this, exceeding, mm. great, and precious promises. Yours missed, it. Yours missed out the exceeding. No exceeding. There's no exceeding in there. Unbelievable. Okay, these redundant words are there for a reason. Yeah, they're not redundant, though. That's, I think, what's so powerful about them. Like, Would it be incorrect if it said, we receive promises? No. Okay. But... It would not be incorrect, therefore they are redundant. No, no, that's not right. That's not right. Because... Because if you're a good communicator, mm. you want to actually communicate the full extent. Absolutely. And the only way you can do that is by adding extra words. Absolutely. Yes. Words are important. They are. All right. So a mathematician might say that they are redundant, (laughs) <laughs> Whereas an English professor would say, no, they need to be yeah, there. Necessary, yeah, no, necessary. Yeah, yeah. All right, exceeding great and precious promises. What do these promises promise us? To share his divine nature and escape the world's cor- corruption. Which I've, I find it interesting. Mine says, escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. I just find that interesting. So divine nature, so 
this is kind of that by beholding we become changed. Yes. By being in the presence. Of, and I do this all the time. I think a lot of humans do this. When we um, have a good friend we see all the time, if they say something, you know, they have a phrase, they say, we sometimes pick it up. And that's just a small example, but it's just like just by the nearness, by a close proximity to someone, we pick up things they do. Or the best is when I've heard people who their laugh becomes the same because they just hang out so much. I think it's the best. We do this even as humans. So it actually makes sense We to meld me. and we blend into each other. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's amazing that we do that with God as well. But yeah, we always, he rubs off on us, not the other way around. Indeed. Indeed. All right, let's uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Where are we up to? Um, all right. So here's, here's here's the question that comes out of today's Bible study. In the light of all that was lost when human beings left uh, the Garden of Eden, because mm. we're talking about the Garden of Eden this week, these verses come as encouragement for what can be regained. Yes. Okay. Yep. What does Peter write that we must do in order to seek restoration of God's image in our lives? I would say get to know God. Exactly. It's what it's all based around. It is all, the whole thing is based on uh, the first verse that we read right there, verse 3, knowing God. Mm. Uh, How much can you gain from that? Uh, Skip down to verse 10. We're going to go back through all of these verses in just a moment, but just let's skip to the end. Okay, so dear brothers and sisters, Work hard to prove that you are really among those God has called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. And in the KJV it says, Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. That's, I find it interesting. It's a big promise. Yeah. I know people who look at this verse, though, um, and they go, so how much is it me striving to do what I should do? Uh-huh. As opposed to having to rely on God. Does that make sense? It's a very good question, isn't it? You know, what are you going to do with this verse? Look, I'd love to hear from our listeners this yes, morning. Yes, yes, we want to know. What, do you, what do you do with this verse? The Bible says, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. Hmm. So does that mean that our works are playing a role in our salvation? And this is an important question. It's a really important question. Yeah. I was thinking about that on the car ride here this morning. I um, didn't wake up in uh, the most loving life kind of state. And we're just kind of contemplating things. And you know how you just kind of reflect on your life and you're like, man, Jesus, is my heart like fully sold on da-da-da or is it just like the idea of da-da-da? That's not actually the funnest conversation to have with yourself. No, that's not a fun conversation at all. But I'm like, but is it sincere? What if I'm not sincere? What if I don't <laughs> This is many overthinking everything again. Uh, anyway, all good fun. Uh, we'd love to know your thoughts on this passage. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so um, our questioner on that previous question yes, on, about, yes, about yes, lying, yes. Yeah. has highlighted this passage right here. I'm going I'm to put it out there for you because um, I want you to think about this <laughs> and I want you to come back with some great answers. We've had some comments coming through. Love to hear some more. Uh, it's a story of God in his relationship with Ahab. And the Bible says, And the Lord said, Who will persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? Mm. And this is kind of a conversation with the angels in heaven. And one said on this manner, another said on that manner. And then there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I'll persuade Ahab. And the Lord said to him, how? And he said, 
I will go and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. He said, you shall persuade him and prevail. Go forth and do so. Uh, <laughs> All right. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with this one, guys? <laughs> Love to hear your thoughts. Our number is one eight hundred three two four eight four three, or you can text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine to hear the answer for question of the day. You're going to have to tune in next week mm-hmm. because we have a backlog and we have a question of the day that we promised that we would answer today. You're going to have to tune in next week for this one. And uh, somebody's texted through this like, yeah, it just blows my mind. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> now, on the issue of Rahab, um, Owen's texted through to say, just a thought. If, Rahab, if Rahab's only knowledge of the true God was by Joshua's victory of Canaan and had no knowledge of God's laws, did she do any wrong? Where there is no knowledge of sin, has a sin been committed? That's a really good comment right mm, there. Yeah. Uh, that gets Ahab off the hook. But does sorry, it gets Rahab off the hook, not Ahab. No, it gets have. Rahab off the hook. But does it get God off the hook? Mm. <laughs> That's like what its own your... question in itself there. I know, it is. It is. Okay, so we want to hear your thoughts on this. Yes. Uh, help us out. Yeah. Help us out. Uh, give us a call. Send us a text message. You know what the numbers are. 1-800-324-843. Text us on 0491-064-669. We are currently in Second Peter chapter 1, and we are up to verse 5. Minnie, go for it. Okay. So in view of all of this that we've just previously talked about, um, make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with patient endurance, and patient endurance with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. That is quite a little progression there. It is. Yeah. It is. And this is how to live a Christian life. And it actually makes sense that one comes before another. That's right. It actually, I understand. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, take us through that then. Well, I just mean like this is talking about like with moral excellence. I would actually argue that um, even if you don't believe in God at all, Many people, or some people at least, have quite a strong sense of moral moral excellence. Absolutely, and very much so. Yeah, and and like I don't know if anyone has heard this themselves, but I remember when I was younger, I used to hear so many of my friends be like, "But I know, da da da," and they just way more of a Christian, you know, like who they are as a people, the values they have, the da 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 da, the compassion they have for yep. people, the way they yep. uh, work for their community, and the good that they do. Yeah. Yep, and it's just just such a driving factor in their life. And um, I remember someone saying to me, oh, I don't even know how long ago, maybe a couple of years, that God is speaking to their hearts already. They don't know it's God. They don't necessarily know how to label it as such, but that, like there's this starting point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, God is at work in their life. Mm, absolutely. And I think as you um, develop those habits, then more can grow. Uh-huh. Because the person... Someone just texted through. Mm. We've got Rahab off the hook, but not the spies. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Not the spies. (laughs) But no, I was just going to say, like, it's... uh, Okay, I'll I'll use an example. If I um, don't have the knowledge that something is not a great choice, Uh how am I ever going to have self-control to do or not do it? Do you know what I mean? So this is moral excellence. Then we have knowledge... And then knowledge, self-control. So moral excellence means you've got a good moral compass. The knowledge then is uh, is going to be specific about what's good and what's bad. Mm. 
which is then going to lead to self-control. I see where you're going with this. Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? Because if you if you have a strong sense of what's right and wrong and you have a good knowledge of what's right and wrong, it's like, okay, there are, I'm not going to do wrong. Yeah. And then we get to, you know, um, brotherly affection and love for everyone. I mean, earlier on the show we were talking about um, abortion. Mm-hmm. That comes back to, for many people, a difference in what we believe life is, right? Mm-hmm. So for many Christians that I've spoken to, it's, okay, of course life begins from the time conception. of conception. Yeah. But if you don't believe that at all, like if there's just on your radar none of that, then you go, of course we can do this. Like why, why would it be a problem? It's not a life. So the value that you hold with that changes kind of everything. And I think, yeah, how can I – why would I even think it matters to love anyone or anything mm. unless I have so many other factors that have got me to that point? Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. It does. I'm not saying that's the right answer. That's just what happens in my brain when I read this. I'm like, oh, yes, okay. Like a little, little progression. Okay, here we go. Yep, yep. <laughs> okay, where do we go to from brotherly kindness? What comes up next? Mine says love for everyone. Love for everyone. And then, and then mine says brotherly kindness. Oh, what is mine? Something like that. I've gone to First Kings, so I don't have it in front of me anymore. <laughs> I just look down at it and like, yeah, no, nah, that's not the right passage. Mine says, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love, which is interesting because then love and brotherly affection comes after godliness. You need to prepare a sermon on this. Do I? Yes. Did you know, I'm going to tell you a little secret right now, which uh-huh. I don't tell people. Um, I am not an upfront person, which that's not a secret, but so often... Do you I'm know the like, size of your audience right now? I know, it's fantastic. No, 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 just, <laughs> I, like, just I just pretend people can't hear me. <laughs> you have the biggest audience. You do realise you have the biggest, the biggest church of, uh, in, in Australia. Yeah, but I can't see them. We love you invisible people We really do do. No we do And I love when we get all the comments in And I actually like that it goes to you two guys Generally because I'm like "Ah, See they're just listening to you guys (laughs) But no I I actually Okay Minnie's phone number is (laughs) (laughs) I sometimes do kind of I wouldn't say write sermons But I kind of do my own thing Like when I'm doing devotions Or trying to study my bible Just to get it clear in my head Because I'm not a concise thinker I'm not so I have to be quite intentional to do it. So I have a whole bunch of things. I'm like, I'm going to write a sermon on this. Never to present. Just, <laughs> just from my own little head. <laughs> right. Okay. So this means then that you've got a whole bunch of... Uh, I didn't say they're great. <laughs> pre-written sermons <laughs> tucked away, huh? note to self. <laughs> next time I need a preacher in a hurry. Somebody has a... Next time you need a preacher in a hurry. Oh, dear. <laughs> It's out there on Faith FM now. You know the number to call. 1-800-324-843. <laughs> Preacher on call. Oh dear. Or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Now we love you, Minnie. We love the uh, presentation and everything that you do here on Faith FM. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, I am super interested in today's question of the day. Let's go for it. Question of the day. Okie dokie. So someone sent in a question for us. So as Christians, how should we understand the remarkable construction of the Peruvian stone walls? They appear to be made with a level of precision that we would struggle to replicate now, even with all of our modern technology. Oh, and there's no question about this. If anybody has travelled to Peru and seen particularly the Royal Inca masonry, it is just absolutely staggering. It's what you call uh, polygonal masonry, so where every stone is a different shape. 
Amazing. And they all fit together. What you don't see, unless you actually go on one of the tours and they'll show you a bit of the behind the scenes and a bit of deconstructed masonry, is all of the mortise and tenon joints that go in behind it that have also been carved into this stone, which a lot of the time is incredibly hard granite. Mm. And uh, because of the all of the different faces, because one stone can have more than 20 different faces and you can't slide a piece of paper between any of them, they perfectly fit together. Um, they're earthquake earthquake proof walls. This is amazing. No mortar, yeah. and yet they are earthquake proof masonry walls. These are the only earthquake proof masonry walls anywhere in existence. Hmm. We don't build those kind of walls today. You know, we build earthquake proof buildings, but they're not masonry. Mm. And so. Um, what you what what they say is that when when the earthquakes come through, because a lot of earthquakes in the Andes Mountains, uh, that the Royal Inca masonry, the stones appear to float, <laughs> and so the, you know all these massive gaps are between all of the stones, and then when the earthquake passes, they're just like zoom, and fall back into exactly where they were before, and you still can't slide a piece of paper between them. So this is amazing technology. It is mind blowing yeah. technology. If you go to the uh, Great Temple uh, Fortress in Cusco called Saxay. Wow, woman, struggle to get my tongue around that one. Um, you've got uh, one of the stones there weighs at least 300 tonnes. Oh. Okay, not only that, but they found where it was quarried from and that was uh, like 25 kilometres away and this is not over the flat plains of, say, you know, the Nile Delta. Hmm. This is through the Andes Mountains at 12,000, 13,000 feet altitude. Now, I don't know about you, but I tried to walk 100 metres uphill mm. um, in the mountains you know, behind Cuzco, and I was struggling and I was feeling dizzy and I was feeling lightheaded. Imagine moving a 300-tonne stone for 25 kilometres up mountain, down valley, across creeks to put it in position on top of you know, this particular massive temple fortress that they have above the city of Cusco. Mm. It is, yeah. So then how do we, as a question, how do we understand this as Christians? Okay, so that's just, that's just getting mm. me started because oh, I've got a little <laughs> bit of time left. We could, we could, you know, go down onto the coast where you've got the, uh, um, you know, you've got all of the massive glyphs that are in the, in the sand, which you can't see except from the air, mm. you know, and there's like hundreds of kilometres of these things. Um all these different intricate patterns and drawings. Why are they there? How are they made? Who's ever going to see them? We didn't discover them until aeroplanes were invented. Mm. The answer is we don't know. And this is one of the wonderful things about being a human being is there are so many <laughs> mysteries in the world. You can travel around the world and there are feats of engineering that will melt your brain. But what you do find is consistent. Mm -hmm. The further you go back... The further you go back in time, the bigger, the more challenging the masonry that is used. Hmm. You would think it was the opposite. Yeah. Right? You'd be thinking, okay, we've got modern technology, not so hard to move a 300-tone stone right now. No, we don't do that anymore. We, move, you, we, move, we use small pieces of stone now. Back then, they used massive, and that's universal around the world. The further you go back in time the bigger and more complex the masonry. Human beings have not been evolving and getting better. We've been devolving and getting 
weaker and knowledge and technology has been lost. But we would say that it's connected to their spirituality in some way. Oh, there's no question that yeah. uh, everything that the Incas built was connected, connected mm. to their spirituality. Uh, every, every structure they had was built to reflect some aspect of their spirituality. Uh, were aliens involved? No, I do not believe so. But I just believe that humans have devolved rather than evolved. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.